Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill Folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. We are extremely, extremely grateful and thankful and excited that y'all could join us again for another week for another edition of AI. With you tonight, host-wise anyway, it's just me. It's just Justin tonight. Uh, Ryan had some stuff going on last minute, and he was super bummed because he hates missing what's going on tonight. This is his favorite thing that we do. And then Lance, today's actually his birthday. So happy birthday, Lance. But he's not missing this to celebrate. His wife actually broke down on the way home, so he's he's handling all that. So... Um, I think everything's good. I think everything's taken care of. We just weren't able to jump on here tonight. But fortunately for you hill folk, I got a bunch of kin folk here with me tonight. I got a bunch of brothers and sisters that have decided to jump on here and join me for our monthly powwow that we actually had to reschedule because uh, last week was nuts. As y'all know, because I've talked about it quite a bit, my internet has been extremely terrible here. Uh, We're finally getting it fixed the way that it needs to be before I got to go to the last ditch effort and send some money Elon's way. (laughs) He don't have enough. He don't make enough money. So I got to send a little bit more his way. That's that's the last ditch effort. But I had a bunch of junk going on. I had a weird health thing going on. It was, it. I don't know. It's been a lot, been a whole lot of stuff going, but we're back. We're back in it. Thankfully, throughout all that, we were able to sit down and, and have an awesome chat with Sam and Johnny and XG over at Tenfold Hat. Um, so y'all go over there and check out our appearance on their show. It was a great time. They're fantastic hosts for a great show. It was actually the first podcast that I ever listened to. Ever. That's what made me find a love for podcasting and want to become a podcaster. So y'all be go, go, be sure to go over there and check that one out. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of the business here tonight because we're ready to dive right into this thing. All I will say is by the time that you heal folk hear this, 
then we will be doing a pre-order for some AI Hill Folk t-shirts. So since we're technically illiterate and uh, we really, really lag on in a whole lot of areas, we don't have a store, web, a website store, you know, anything like that. So what we're going to do is I'm going to put the shirts out on the socials um, along with a link to the show's Vimeo. If you want to pre-order, I want to run the pre-order for a couple or probably about a week and a half. Uh, if you want to pre-order a shirt, go on and find it on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, go on there. There will be a Vimeo link. Go ahead and pay when you pre-order, put your name, address, and size in the notes of the order. And that way we can take care of, of all that and keep everything in one localized place. So. That's all I'm going to share tonight. Uh, well, I lied to you. 40 and Airwaves. Be sure to get your tickets for 40 and Airwaves. I got to talk about that every time because I really, really want to hang out with you Hill folk in 8, Ohio, October the 6th, 7th, and 8th at Ohio Northern University, Northern Ohio University. One of those. I don't know. I don't keep notes. I just, I'm throwing, I'm winging all this stuff. Anyway, it's in 8 Ohio. The, the, the link will be in the show notes. It's a link tree. 50 bucks for a whole weekend with us, Hollow Sky, Creatures of the Corn, Uncomfortable Podcast, The Bump Podcast, and Kill the Mockingbirds. All of your favorite podcasts in one place. Just come hang out with us. It's going to be extremely informal. Even when it's supposed to be formal, I'm sure it'll be informal. Uh, there's going to be live shows unheard live shows. There's going to be podcast panels. There's going to be uh, Q&A sessions, meet and greets, pancake breakfast. I mean, what more could you ask for, really? What more could you ask for? Awesome stories, great fellowship, and pancakes. That's, I mean, sold. That's sold. So be sure to get your tickets for that. They are very limited seats available now. So jump on that really quickly. We're only a month out. Get those. Now, all the business is taken care of. I probably forgot a whole lot of things, but y'all know where you can find us, all these different places. We talk about it every show. If you're new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you. We're glad to bring you in our, our tribe of weirdos. So uh, just join in, have fun, and love everybody. That's it. That's all the rules. All the rules you got. So. We'll jump on in here tonight. We've got some awesome, 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 super supportive brothers and sisters with us here tonight. We've got Chris. We've got Outlaw. We've got Caleb. We've got Poppy Joe. we got Caroline, who is under the weather, so she's just hanging out tonight. And uh, y'all say a little prayer. All you Hill folks say a little prayer for Caroline for uh, to, to feel a little better. She's She's got the crud right now, so say a little prayer. Lift her name up. She gets over it really quickly. And we've got Maddie O'Daddy. I don't think I've missed anybody. Right? Chris, Outlaw, Caleb, Papa Joe, Caroline, and Maddie O. Yeah, that's everybody. So, y'all, how you doing tonight? Awesome. Pretty awesome. Pretty good. I'm doing well, man. Good, good. It's great to hear. Great to hear from everybody. 
So y'all know how these powwows work. It's just kind of a round table thing. Uh, we'll go around. I'll go counterclockwise because I'm just a rebel like that. You know how those, you know, how those counter clock rebels are. Huh? How you like that? <laughs> I dig it, man. Snap. You well like played. It? That's what I do. That's what I do. But uh, we'll start with Chris. Chris, and really quickly, I want to share, like, we tried this and made it about, I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour in last week and just had to to ditch the whole thing recording-wise. I think y'all were able to stick around and have a good time afterwards, which is really, really cool. I mean, I think that was awesome that we just left it open and y'all y'all partied. That's that's awesome. It was ask Chris anything. <laughs> well, that's good. It was. That's good. <laughs> Hopefully he didn't give up too much because I've still got like a couple episodes in the books, I believe, with him. <laughs> so we'll start with Chris tonight. Chris, what's on your mind, brother? Yes, sir. Oh, man, just having a good week um, so far. And the Wednesday tiredness of being a teacher is kicking in tonight. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing really, really well. I can't remember what I talked about last week before everything blew up. But, um, yeah. Vampires. What was it? Vampires. Vampires. Yeah, yeah. We talked about vampires. Um, We were talking about the um, your episode a couple – I guess it was before the one I was on um, about how um, the the part the uh, side of the neighborhood that I work that I run and walk in in the morning times how it just like creeps me out and um, how for for the past couple of months I've just never really thought about why I thought about vampires through there but that episode totally like creeped me out in a way of and I've uh, and. I've actually started avoiding that part now because I tried to go through there on Monday morning and just couldn't do it. Just too many weird, like things going dings going off in my head and just couldn't make it to that area. So I've rerouted my stuff in the morning to where to get my three miles in before I come back home and start getting ready for work. But yeah, um, weird section of neighborhood. Like I said, I live in a pretty good neighborhood, but that, I never see any of those houses out in the daytime, much like uh, any of those people out in the daytime, much like that woman you were talking about. And it could be just me being weird. But even before I listened to that episode, I uh, was getting really creepy and weird vibes. And it's probably 300 yards from where I had the dog man episode anyway. So I'm already my hair is standing on end when I run through there in the mornings anyway. So. Yeah, you know, it could be just me being a weirdo. I did see a skunk this morning through there. That was kind of funny. I thought it was a cat at first, but Gosh, skunk, that could have been worse yeah. than a dog man. <laughs> could have been worse, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been. Um, I don't think I mentioned this when we got on, but after I spoke with you uh, that Tuesday night, man, we were on here forever, and I think I ended up finally crawling in bed about eleven thirty, eleven forty, and exactly at 2.45 in the morning. And I te- and I sent a message just in this. Exactly at 2.45 in the morning, both of my fire alarms went off. No fire. One upstairs, one downstairs. Nothing set them off. 
And I was just like, well, here we go again. You know, I haven't experienced anything in my house. And like I said during that episode, I've never, ever experienced anything in here. But at 2.45 in the morning, here he goes, this firearms. And I was so, as my mom used to say, mom used to say, addled that I didn't know where it was coming from. I was in such a deep sleep. So I'm like pulling them out of the ceiling to stop them pretty much. Then I'm like, why is it still going off? And then I went downstairs. I'm like checking everything. Yeah, it was just some sort of, you know, <laughs> not a coincidence, I don't think. I think something was something was pissed that I was giving all some of my stories away. So it was a weird experience for sure. That's that's the thing, man. Like, you know, we talk about we talk about a whole lot on here. When you start giving these things attention. It's like it draws them back out, whether uh-huh. it's yeah. in a good way or a bad way. Go. And, you know, yeah, that's what yep. it is. And I mean, oh, boy. Are we messing up again? Yeah. yeah. You, oh. you froze just for a second. Goodness gracious. Well, hopefully it now, doesn't. Though. Hopefully it doesn't kick all the way out. We can be laggy. Let's just don't kick all the way out tomorrow, guys, tomorrow. They're supposed to come out and fix it for good. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I can't take much more of this. Or you get so many patrons from being on Sam's show that you can, you know, give Elon a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I, I don't That's know. That's what I'm praying for. Well, I appreciate that, brother. I really, really do. I appreciate that. I mean, it was, uh, it's, it's definitely a blessing to be able to have people that, that think that your story or, or, you know, what you're going through, your experiences are interesting enough to bring you on a show as awesome and as huge as tinfoil hat. So whatever we get from it, listener wise, you know, download wise, whatever I'm extremely grateful for because never in my wildest dreams did I ever believe you know, five years ago, listening to this show, I never thought that I would be a guest on there. So, but yeah, anyway, back to it now that we started talking about, talking about entities and then them showing up and wrecking stuff and then stuff starts getting yeah. wrecked, you know, as per, per the usual. It's me, man. It has to be me. You know so what? Wrecked. A lot of this has started when I started talking Ever to you. since. It really has. And I honestly, I'll be honest, I love you guys. I, you're one of my favorite things ever. I come this close to not coming on because I thought if I get on there, it's just going to wreck it. And then you sent me that <laughs> message and I was like, all right, I'm going to get on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, we have we have to have you regardless. Okay, if, we, if we're not able to, if we have to try this 10 times, we'll keep trying it. <laughs> Eventually, please, please. we'll eventually we'll do enough praying and enough. Uh, That's right. Uh, we'll overcome. It's persistence. That's right. it's what it's about. <laughs> but no, man, it is weird. You know, it's something that we talk about all the time on here. You know, and, and I think there is a huge part of. You know, we all of us sitting here, we kind of operate in this this weird realm, right? You know, we enjoy the content, we enjoy the conversation, we enjoy the postulating, you know, theorizing on these different things and, and what they are and, and where they stand and different ways that they can present themselves, you know, all this different stuff. And we love the stories. I know y'all are just like 
I am, we are, we love the stories. You love hearing. It's always, it, it's that, it's that little kid in us that is, is sitting right at the feet of our grandparents or our parents. And we're just, we're begging for, for one more ghost story, one more scary story. Even though we know we're not going to sleep that night and we're going to be crawling into our mom and dad's bed a little later on. It's just part of us. It's, it's the way we're made. But so there's a part of that, that, that I think that we recognize more of what's operating kind of in that, that realm behind the veil. We can see some of these signs and, and we can see some of the symbolism here and there. And you have all these different things that we may witness that your average normie ain't going to witness or pay any attention to. But then again, there's sometimes it's just like, nah, this ain't just me picking this up. This ain't subtle. There ain't nothing subtle about what's going on right now. This is something yeah. trying to show up. So, yeah, I think the fire alarm thing probably was not a coincidence. No, not at all. And then, of course, you know, this past weekend was Labor Day, which is the anniversary of the Static Man story. I, and I so wanted to be at the cemetery. And I never got a message. Every- it took it took everything in me to keep from going. I mean, I think I've said this on the previous one. I actually got in the car to go on I think it was Wednesday or Thursday and it just started pouring the rain. So I just decided to come back inside and then um yeah, just didn't make it there on Sunday. I had my daughter Sunday night, which was uh, or I would have been there, you know, and uh, I've I think when it cools down, I think in here in East Tennessee, this is probably our, today was our last hot day. So it'll start cooling down. looks like the weather. So I would imagine I will be, be there in the next couple of weekends and I'll let you know how it goes. Just don't tell my girlfriend cause she'll freak out. Look, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> then I'll come back on here and, and then I'll let you guys know what happened. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. That's, that's all we can ask for. That's all right. Well, no, man, we're we're glad to have you on here. I don't think you're wrecking anything. I think whatever's in motion is already in motion, and the best that we can do is is to guard ourselves against that the best way that we know how and the most powerful way that there is, and that's proclaiming the name of Jesus over top of it and asking him to stop it and go on from there. Amen. That's it, man. Amen. All right, we'll move it on on around the Hollerwood Squares here. And again, again, that was Poppy Joe's creation there, the Hollerwood Squares. We got to give credit where credit's due. But we got Outlaw up next. Outlaw, hold on, nope, let me restart that. We have host of the Counter Cult Podcast, Outlaw. Outlaw. What's on your mind, brother? What's on your mind? Oh, man. Well, just a quick announcement. We actually uh, invited uh, Matty O to be on our uh, show as well for uh, uh, he's a full-time uh, co-host now. So Nice. Y'all are going yeah. for the Y'all are going for the trifecta too. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a natural academic, so um, <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, so I'm going to do um i know we're talking about entities and stuff and 
I just want to share a few uh, quick experiences. Um, hopefully uh, nothing crashes here, but let's go for it. <clears throat> so I remember I talked about on one of the powwows how I encountered this entity in a dream, which I'm pretty convinced it was in a dream. It was this uh, completely faceless entity um, in a gray business suit with a yellow button-up shirt. And uh, I remember uh, said something specifically uh, specific to me, and I just don't remember what it was. But I remember this thing trapped me in this uh, repeated loop of a uh, false awakening. So every time I thought I would wake up, or I thought I woke up, I was still in a dream. And this happened so many times that I lost count how many times that I was trapped in this thing. I kept waking up, or so I thought. And I just kept going. And while this was going on, I remember hearing like footsteps or a stomping going around in my room. And um, I remember sharing that with Ryan since he had a similar experience. <clears throat> so that's one of them. I mean, if you guys want to uh, get more out of that episode, just uh, listen to that powwow. I can't remember which one it was, but it's there. Then uh, the there's second also, one. There's also an episode of Hollis Guys, too, that you. Um, was it a, a submission or was it? Yeah, it was a inter- submission. Yeah, that, it was a listener submission that you sent in that they read. I can't remember what episode yeah. that is, though. It was uh, 182. So um, episode 182 for Hollis Guy. And uh, uh, I intentionally just wanted to make that just a listener submission, but it turned out to be an episode. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely so go check it out. And and man, and, and I'm not trying to cut you off. I want to hear no, you're, you're good, man. experiences, <laughs> but it seems like it seems like every time that that this comes up, I have a little different train of thought about what's well, and look, I am no dream interpreter by any means. I do believe I do believe that our dreams mean a lot i believe they mean something i i I don't believe that there's this vast separation from our unconscious or subconscious reality and our true reality i mean it's it's still us you know whatever a dream is whatever it is wherever you're going whatever's going on i believe that they're extremely important now i'm not going to say for sure that it's our because you know we're made of three parts we're we're a physical body we're a soul and we're a spirit right what that spirit does i can't tell you i i, I don't know i know what my physical body does i, I see it i feel it i know eventually I, I know how my soul operates and eventually what will come of that but as far as that whole spirit part of it, I mean, we know we hear people so much so that the, the government claims it that can astral project and remote view and and do all these different things. So that's the spirit moving somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, is that a dream? Is that is that our spirit or this this part of us that? 
is traveling on on some kind of of different plane. You know, everybody says the astral plane. But what is that? What is an astral plane? Is it this reality? Is it a different reality? Is it a different dimension? Is it is it you know behind the vet? What is it like? Where do you go? You know, when you when you have a dream, and when it's like an intense encounter with something or someone, is that forced? You know, is this something that is trying to make contact? Like, you know, have have y'all ever had a dream? to where you have like this, like this intense situation, conversation, run in something with somebody and you may not even know them or recognize them mm-hmm. and then wake up and you start thinking like, I wonder if they had that same kind of, I wonder if they had that same yeah. dream because it seems that real. Like it seems like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, and I know that I'm, my mind's just kind of going everywhere right now. But like with that dream, just this constant loop of of this thing, it's like whatever this was, whatever this entity was, it wanted you to be in this perpetual state of I can't escape, this perpetual state of imprisonment. And, and maybe not in shackles and chains, but imprisonment nonetheless. I don't know, man. It's freaky. To me, it's creepier that something would orchestrate that than to just go ahead and throw you in shackles and chains and and put you in a dungeon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, that's what I was uh, uh, trying to investigate. But I mean, it's just so hard to investigate something like that um, as far as dreams go. And like I said, I'm still pretty convinced that when people dream, it's not an actual dream. It's uh, I think they're going somewhere. Just nobody knows where. So like you were saying. And but yeah, man, then um, my second uh, entity encounter. This actually happened while I was awake. Um, <clears throat> so this happened two years ago, actually. uh uh talked about this on uh, Tommy Coolum's show, the Let's Get Freaky podcast. So uh, about two years ago, I uh, I was working at this apartment complex. Um, I was a maintenance man at that time. Well, and um, I remember getting a work request to go renovate an apartment unit. Um, I mean, the previous tenants just left in complete shambles, and uh, we're talking about a really nice apartment complex here, and it's like nothing. Uh, ghetto for lack of better words so but i remember going to this uh unit and i was prepping my uh my uh, not my station but just prepping the area i was going to do a complete renovation on it paint it top to bottom and all that so i go in there then immediately i felt like my blood sugar levels just dropped and i uh, at that point i thought it was just because i was on keto and uh, only sleeping four hours a night. Then on top of that, just dealing with stress and uh, trying to stay awake with energy drinks and all that stuff. So yeah, it's probably just um, tired, fatigue, whatever. But as I start inspecting these rooms and all that and start setting up my equipment, I go into this uh, specific room in this apartment and out of the corner of my eye, I see this pixelated 
shadow entity. And uh, that's where it gets weird, man. Like a, a pixelated shadow man. While I was awake, which uh, honestly, I never seen any entities while I was awake. It's all only in my dream state or, you know, but immediately I just froze like it, this thing try to, for lack of a better word, hypnotize me or freeze me, whatever you want to use, where do you want to use there? And uh, I remember as I was frozen, like something felt like my uh, spirit was trying to leave my body, dude. Like felt like I was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, well, anyway, just like something trying to suck my soul out, you know, and um, uh, as I was looking at this thing, I mean, the whole duration only lasted a few seconds, but it felt like a long time there. But as I was looking at this thing, uh, this thing was trying to take my appearance in its own way. Like, it's a pixelated uh, shadow entity. And it's trying to slowly take on my appearance. Like I could see, I could see it trying to take my face. And um, again, I'm still frozen. So immediately, you know, um, again, I come from a Christian background. So um, one of the first things I learned was in spiritual warfare is when you're um, in a situation, especially like in sleep paralysis or whatever, yeah, you can call out the name of Jesus or even uh, you can even start uh, uh, memorizing scripture, or reciting scripture. Whenever I deal something with, like this, I always immediately go to the Psalms and I start, you know, I can't talk right. You know, I'm frozen. So I start reciting Psalms in my head. And that gives me just enough of a break that I can snap out of it. And I just hauled ass out of that apartment complex. And I didn't go back. I I left. I left work. Didn't tell anyone. And um, showed up the next day. Went back to the same unit. Nothing happened. So, again, that's just, uh, I know it sounds bonkers, but I hear of it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> But there's no, yeah, such, I mean, I have, there's no such word as bonkers on this show. <laughs> the, the super creepy part is that it was trying to look like you, like it was a invasion yeah. of the body snatchers kind of thing. And yeah, that's what um, that's... Maddie and uh, Tommy were uh, talking about on the show we did with uh, Tommy. Is it was like a mimic or something like that, you know? Yeah, but it was just trying to like walk in. Like you'd go home and your wife's like, I don't know, there's something weird about him. <laughs> so, you know, that's something that's super there's, creepy. There's something inherently terrifying about the thought or with the thought of you seeing another you. Yeah. Like there's something uh, inherently it, it's terrifying. It's a doppelganger. Yeah. It's a doppelganger. Yeah, I mean, or you know, we have, yeah. and, and there's all kinds of accounts all through history. All kinds of folklore and legends behind it, you know, all this different stuff. I mean, look at people, you know, people have intense fear of of mirrors just because some people are so afraid that they're going to look in this mirror. I mean, I don't like mirrors, don't get me wrong. But like people are so afraid a lot of the times that that there's going to be something off 
you know, something off with, with this, I'd probably have a heart attack. If I'm looking in a mirror one day and my head turns and I'm not turning or whatever, I'll probably just, that'd be it. <laughs> I'm done. The only other uh, story I heard regarding uh, mimics was on the hollow sky episode where they covered a uh, Stardust, Stardust ranch where um, I guess the owners, they had mimics of their own and full on encounters with it. But yeah, like I said, mine was just a pixelated shadow man trying to take my appearance. So I don't know. And if you think about it, if you think about a doppelganger, if you think about a mimic, Okay, you never hear any of these accounts that it's not extremely terrifying or at least super, super, super creepy, you know, at the at the least. Which tells me, okay, this is coming from a demonic spiritual side of mm. something. You know, again, I'm not the person that's going to say everything is a demon, but I think there's two teams you can play for here. And. Yeah, maybe a lot of things fall in the middle and haven't really chosen a side either way, but it's pretty much one of these things. If you haven't chosen one side, then you've chosen the other side, regardless of if you think so or not. But anyway, what do we know about Lucifer? What do we know about Satan and, and his demons? What do we know about fallen angels? What do we know about all these? They can't create. They can't, they're not creators. They can't create anything. The only thing they can do is what? Copies. Yep. Mimic. Mimic. That's all they can do. Uh, Outlaw, did you, do you remember looking in the mirror when you were in that room? I did not, man. I just, like I said, I, it was lasted a few seconds, but after I was able to regain um, some type of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Came back to my senses. I just hauled ass out of there and then. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I tried to sweep it under the rug after that, but. No, I just, I had a thought that, um, I remember reading something that, you know, the, I raised two daughters and, you know, this whole body image thing is huge nowadays. And now with social media, it's like 10 times worse, but somebody went back through literature, like reading like letters from you know, women, women would write back in the 17 and 1800s. And that's when mirrors started becoming commercially viable. Before that, it was only rich people could afford mirrors and they weren't very mm. good. Right. And they were talking about how the more that became an influence, women's body images were changed. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking that's the same time. So like around the 1800s, the whole doppelganger theme, like Gogol, Poe, uh, all these authors would write about, you know, the idea of a double or a doppelganger. So I'm wondering if that, because there is something, you know, I know in a lot of ritual magic, mirrors play a big part. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's what I was just getting ready to say there, Poppy Joe, is yeah. before mirrors ever became, you know, commonplace that it was just an everyday household. They were really mainly only used by the elites. Mm-hmm. Well, the elites have always practiced the, and participated in the occult always. I mean, as far as you can look back, well, what's one huge part of, like you said, ritual magic or uh, just magical in general or divination or some of these things is scrying, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You, mm-hmm. There's always been some type of, of scrying as far back as you can look. So where you lose, where you literally look into something, a, a dark, usually a dark reflection, you know, like these things right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's literally a scrying mirror that I'm holding in my hand right now. That's what would have been used in occult practices in ancient times. Well, it's not even yeah, ancient th- think today. Of Snow White. Think of Snow White. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. So mirrors, man, they're, they're, they're weird. They're, there's this thing about, you know, whether you're talking about a double or whether you're talking about like it being some kind of, of gateway or, or looking glass, you know, it, Have you not, ever set up two mirrors next, you know, in front of each other? Absolutely not. You stand there, and it's that's like a this. gigantic superstition <clears throat> in my household. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, done wow. that? Nope. It be, it's like this infinite tunnel of reflections. Mm-hmm. There's an infinite tunnel of a different reality that you get sucked into and lost for ever. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't have any granny witches, so nobody warned me about this. Yeah, well, that's a huge no now where we live. Thank wow. God you found wow. AI. Thank God you found AI, Poppy Joe. We <laughs> yeah. just saved you. I get, I got to make a note of this one because this is oddly an enough, epiphany. One of the more famous haunted houses near me has a bunch of those mirrors. Yeah, that's terrible. Set up that way. Well, my little ones, uh, they wanted to go into a, and I did it. I did it, but they wanted to go into a mirror maze the last time we were down in Gatlinburg, and I and I went. Oh yeah, I, I did. You're talking about? <laughs> I did go. It was a Ripley's one, which. Yep. Weird anyway. Don't get me into Ripley, but <laughs> I got all kinds of thoughts on that. But I went. I mean, I because again, you know, I we have I have these superstitions and I have these things, but again, again, number one, I'm protected. The people around me are protected, and I know that. And number two, a lot of this stuff always is about intent. Always. Yeah. The results of whatever's going to happen is based on the intent that you put in and behind whatever you're doing. Now, if you just put a couple mirrors together to look at it and say, oh, man, this is pretty cool. But if you do that with a certain intent behind it and maybe a few words or uh, some kind of intention to communicate with something, then who knows? Some stuff may happen. I'm just it's saying. interesting when uh you know, because I, I think I was sharing with Chris, you know, I went to this um, Jewish university. And one of the customs, when somebody dies in the, the Jewish tradition, they, they call it sit shiva. And one of the things they do is they cover the mirrors during that period. And I, this was told to me by a friend who lost her father when she was very young. I can't remember what her, she had a very traumatic experience. I think she saw him or saw something during that morning period and it just freaked her out yeah but um that's another that's another mirror connection i thought of yeah that's also another old appalachian tradition really yep it is which i i love talking about i love seeing it because just like you're talking about you know you went to a jewish university y'all are the lost tribe right well i don't know (laughs) a lot of people claim to be the lost tribe Maybe every, the Cherokee or something. Yeah, know. every culture claims to be a lost tribe. That is weird, though. That is weird to hear that. That's we gotta, we gotta, again, we gotta do our paranormal foxfire 
Oh, dude, documentation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. We'll get back to it. Good. I'm glad we I have got the outline a, here. <laughs> I'm glad we have have you as a documentarian. I love not, it. Not just me. Uh, Caleb's in there too. He's going nuts. So oh, good. Thanks, Caleb. Good. Okay, I don't You're have welcome. to. If I start looking, the, if I start looking at the chat, if I look, that's my okay. ADD, there's no way I'd be able to have a conversation. That, that's how it works. The guy who's talking doesn't take notes. It's the guys who are listening. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Now so I will say this though. Um, when I used to uh, deal with some uh, serious spiritual warfare, I remember uh, whenever I would go to the barber shop and get a haircut. I would look at a mirror, man, and I uh, kid you not, I would start getting these splitting headaches, and maybe it could be the lighting or whatever, but I would get these headaches and the serious dizziness and like a, wow. like I wanted a blackout or whatever, but hmm, I'll leave it at that. Doesn't happen anymore, but. Wow. Well, I'm going to, and this is, I mean just really quickly just because it made me think of it i was doing some pretty intense studying the other day and you know had been in I, i've been in really really deep prayer over a couple of different things recently and and doing a lot more studying in the word and like really trying to equip and prepare myself in a lot of different areas a lot of different arenas not just you know for one particular thing here or there uh, but man, I've made, I've made some lifestyle changes. You know, I've, I quit chewing tobacco. I mean, I still got these stupid nicotine pouches that I can't quit, but you know, we've got baby steps, baby steps, but I quit that a few months ago. Uh, I quit drinking any kind of pop that's soda here. I don't know where anywhere else, <laughs> but I quit drinking pop Dr. Pepper mainly. Uh, I cut down my my intake on energy drinks. I cut down my sugar intake a whole lot. And for, dude, for days, man, I was just feeling great. I was feeling the best that I felt in years, man. I had so much energy. Like, you know, I was at work and would drop down and start doing push-ups in the middle of work. Like, I mean, that's, I was feeling good. Well, I was literally just talking about that. And then... I was coming home from my daughter's, my oldest daughter's volleyball game last, let's see, Monday of last week. Yeah, it was Monday of last week because we tried to do the powwow one of those days and I was still operating. I, I don't remember. I don't remember how it all played out. But anyway, Monday of last week, we're driving home from my daughter's volleyball game and dude, I feel this pop. Like a, a pop in the back of my head. Like wasn't my neck popping the cracking. It wasn't my ears popping. Wasn't anything like that. I feel a pop in the back of my head. And I was and I was driving and I was like, holy crap, man, what was that? And I told my wife about it. And she was like, Well, are you okay? And I said, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good. I feel all right. Well, about 10 seconds later, I was not all right. Dude, my whole body flushed. Like my arms and legs started burning and tingling. I felt like I was partially paralyzed. I mean, it was hard to swallow. Like I couldn't, it, it was not good. So I pull over and I was like, no, I'm not okay. Something, and I know just enough 
that I started thinking, holy crap, I've had an, this has been, it's an aneurysm. This is like a blood vessel is busted. I've had some kind of stroke, you know, I'm, and then I start panicking. Like I start panicking. So I have an anxiety attack on top of whatever's going on. So here I go to the ER. I mean, all this stuff is, I'm trying to explain to them, you know, what had happened. I'm free. And for days after that, days, dude, I was dizzy, like vertigo, crazy vertigo symptoms. I mean, just turn my head a certain way, would stand up and almost hit the floor, like just for three or four days and just out of nowhere. And I mean, yeah, it could have totally be, you know, just, you know, could just be part of it. I'm, I'm getting older. Stuff happens. Or it could have been a result of, you know, trying to to do what I needed to be doing and get on the right track and other things not really liking that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I'm paranoid about everything, including the spiritual realm. No, same here, man. <laughs> anyway, you just talking about that made me think like everything's going good and great, smooth. And then all of a sudden you have a, a pseudo aneurysm that scares you to death and you think you're dying. And uh, dude, I, Hey, I thought I was leaving here (laughs) and I wasn't worried for me, but I looked over at my wife. I was like, there's no way she can raise all these kids by herself. This is going to be terrible. Again, we go. I didn't want to interrupt, but did anybody else hear like a bass drop when he, Justin was talking? No. Whoa. Like a, like a, what, I'm going to quit talking about me. <laughs> kind of like a subwoofer test, like testing the low frequencies. No, that's weird though. No, but you were, you were talking about that, Caleb. Oh, a mm-hmm. couple of episodes ago, one of the previous powwows. Yeah, Caleb, that's some of your experimentation <laughs> you've had going on is low frequency subwoofer demon tree escalation <laughs> that's interesting though you might be tuning to that frequency now Ooh, yeah. it's like a dog it's like a dog whistle no, no offense <laughs> what was weird is i only have one earbud and it only came in through that earbud i didn't hear it like out in the environment that's weird hmm that is weird well anyway i'm gonna quit talking about me and stuff because every time i do I start freezing. So we're going to get back to it. Outlaw, are you still going? We're no, still sir. I think I'm good. Well, we appreciate you sharing your experiences. That I'm sorry. I'm sorry that everything triggers something with me. And I got to tell a little mini <laughs> story about it. <laughs> sorry, guys. I need to do better. No, I, I need to do better. Man. As Sam would say all the time, let the guests talk. Shut up. Let the guests talk. <laughs> We'll bounce on over to Caleb um, in this game of Hollywood Squares. Caleb, <laughs> come on that now. Caleb, you teased a little something, and I'm gonna mm. hold you to it. You te- mm. you can't you cannot put out there that you have something that has never been discussed on another podcast, or at least a podcast that you know of. I won't say discussed on any mm-hmm. other podcast, but you can't put something out like that and not deliver. Give it up, my, baby. My expectations are super high right now. <laughs> Hit me. I'll try not to let you down, but 
So I was actually out shopping around, just killing time before work, and I saw a cheap plasma ball. I thought, you know, I'll buy it. It's only five bucks. If it's junk, it's junk. And it got me thinking, hey, could this be used in a paranormal investigation? And so now that's my newest mission. And I think it's based in solid general theory. Lightning has, I guess, a propensity to elicit paranormal activity from what I've seen. It leads to an uptick in the activity. Lightning is plasma. If this plasma ball is truly plasma, can the spirits interact with lightning? Can they draw the power from it? Can they draw, can they affect it in any way, shape, or form? And then that leads to my next question. If it can truly affect the plasma ball, will it affect it like a human can, where if you touch it, the plasma goes into your hand? Or will it affect the plasma ball kind of like it does smoke and fire to where it can draw it a certain direction, almost make pictures out of it? And luckily for me, I work at the most haunted building at my work tomorrow night, so I'll be able to test it out. Huh. So that's one of those things where it's like a light in the middle and then like little lightning things go around this like orb. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Show and tail. Oh, I want one now. <laughs> Merch. Justin. <laughs> Justin. That's a great idea. AI, AI plasma, plasma balls, balls, baby. Yes. That'll yeah, be a joke. That'll steal be a that running first, joke. Yeah. AI plasma balls. I can only see one. where this is going to go. As <laughs> soon as Ryan gets I'll, a hold of this. I'll have it on my like mantelpiece. My wife will like, oh, I accidentally dropped it. It broke. <laughs> It'll be like no. the lamp in uh, Christmas story. And Maddie, I... I, I I was paying really close attention to your facial features when he was saying all that. You were getting super stoked about the possibilities that he was talking about. What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't even really know. Well, I think it's a really interesting concept. I mean, I don't I don't have any like direct hypotheses, but it seems like a fun experiment because like you think about it and you're essentially, I, you know, and I don't really know how those things work. I would have to do some research, but if it is like lightning and it is in fact, you know, particles manipulated to into a plasma form, what sort of, what sort of manipulation could something outside of our, our realm have on it this is definitely intriguing um well, now, Caleb, when you touch that thing right then the lightning mm-hmm. kind of goes towards your hand can you does it yeah. do that can you do a demo yeah sorry for the folks on the podcast that can't see this but all right he's touching it yep mm-hmm. and wherever the hand touches why does it do that i think it has something to do with like the oils on our hands maybe yeah. or like the i think you need to get a full van de graaff generator that's like too small <laughs> I, you need I one of those bad boys and, one yeah yeah isn't that a metal band i don't remember 
I don't know. It would be a great name for one if it's not. <laughs> I feel like I do have some concerns with the experiment as far as like possibly putting energy out there for things to feed off of. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, feel like what could go wrong. I mean, yeah, you know, in the name of science. Well, that's why I'm not doing it at home. I don't. that's a fair assessment i don't know if y'all realize this or not but caleb lives dangerously okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you ain't living on the edge man you're taking up too much space yeah yeah (laughs) he wouldn't have had a ouija board tree if he didn't know a little something about courage (laughs) exactly exactly i think i'll just take up the space i'm not trying to live on the edge like that (laughs) <laughs> okay, this is only uh speculation but i remember um hearing about how uh nikola tesla did experience experiments <laughs> like that and he was trying to mm-hmm. communicate with other entities using the same uh concept as caleb there with a little uh, plasma ball i don't think he attempted it i think he did yeah i think he communicated with a whole lot of super intelligent things that's an episode for another day <laughs> that's That'd be a, a good whole, episode that's a whole conversation right there that's tesla was he was on to something for sure but i don't know i i think i'm kind of with maddie on this one i think you would really have to look into exactly how it works, exactly how it operates, why the the plasma or you know the the charge is directed toward your fingers or your hands, mm-hmm. you know, what draws that, why it does that to see, you know, if it would need something physical. And I can see everybody researching right now while I'm talking. <laughs> this is great. It's like having a bunch of different I'm like Spider-Man, except I got like four guys in the chair instead of one. But no, I think you'd have to really look into all that stuff just to see if, if it would just take some kind of frequency to manipulate it or Mm -hmm. just a a certain kind of energy to manipulate it, or if it needed to be like something to do with the physical molecules of a, a solid substance of matter touching that well we we have a charge right oh yeah well yeah absolutely so our blood has iron in it right Mm -hmm. and it circulates through our body like in a basically like a generator right yeah so so we have a you know this electromagnetic field around us so that's what i'm guessing i I don't Mm -hmm. i may be totally wrong well you know everything is everything's energy and frequency right regardless of you know, even us, I mean, we're, we're sending out frequencies and signals. And if you don't believe me, get just far enough away to lock or unlock your vehicle from your fob. And when it doesn't work, hold it right up under your chin and do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's using your brain waves to extend that. It's like a Wi-Fi extender. It sends it out just a little bit and then it'll work. Try it out. Test it. I wouldn't say it if I hadn't done it. And my ultimate goal is to get on camera something that we can't see touching the ball to make it look like there is a living person touching it. Because ghosts are electromagnetic energy. We're electromagnetic energy. If that's what is causing the plasma to go into our hands or whatever's touching it, 
common sense would say they're related to the same essential makeup. Why wouldn't it be the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, so, go ahead, Maddie. So apparently it's just, uh, it's just a combination of noble gases and a high voltage electrode. So it is emitting its own electromagnetic field uh, to some degree, and it can cause interference with electronics. So I don't know. I don't know how that would be affected because, you know, my initial thought is like, well, maybe an electromagnetic field is what's affecting that when you come into contact with its field. That's what causes Mm -hmm. it to follow. So if there's some sort of, it would have to be very obvious, I feel like, because the problem with that would be that it kind of does its own thing by nature Mm -hmm. within that ball. So you would have to have it very concise um, and probably two or three proofs of like various interactions Mm -hmm. with it. But I think that that would be very interesting to see. And if you don't mind, if you can video document that, even if it's not, Super impressive. I'd love to see those mm-hmm. results. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Keep us up to date on it. And as always, be careful. <laughs> we'll see about that last part. Let's let's don't see about it. We need you around here. We need our mm-hmm. we need our dangerous demon tree, Caleb. All right, Poppy Joe, we're moving on to you, brother. What do you got All for right. us? Well, I got to get this puck wedgie thing out of my system. Oh, yes. I love it. We've never talked about puck. Well, that's probably. Oh, no, no, you have. And, and Ryan, I remember, you know, when I was first binging, I think it was an earlier podcast. It's so weird to me to hear. So I'd never heard of this stuff when I was a kid. It wasn't until later in life and. So, but I'll tell you a story uh, just to give some context real quick. One of my first memories, I'm a kid, you know, dad came home from work, pulled into the driveway. My mom ran out to the car and he backed out and drove down the street. And we're like, what's going on? And she said, oh, you know, a little boy down the street got lost in the woods and dad's going to go help the other men on the street go find him. So they had called them all out. They were using the air raid sirens. It was this whole what they used to call it back then, like this whole kind of civil patrol, you know, it was like cold war era. Right. So they had all this organization for this and he was tromping around in the swamps with, we had one farm in the area. And so he's with the farmer and they're out looking and then they got a signal. I I think I heard this later. They get the signal on the air raid sirens to come back in. And so The next thing I remember, we wake up in the morning and we're at breakfast and my mom's telling us, you know, oh, well, they found him, but he, he died. And so one of the neighbors had apparently found him in somewhere in the swamp, wrapped him up in his jacket and brought him back. This freaked me out as a kid. Right. And for years, I I would ask all the grownups, like, what really happened to him? Right. And so I I had this very early impression that something about the woods around where I grew up was not quite right. So 
we played a lot in the woods. Um, we've had some weird experiences. My sister, there was one area we called the uh, Rebel Valley for some reason, and we we liked playing there. It was a fun place, but sometimes we'd be walking around the path, and we'd hear footsteps, and we'd stop. And then the footsteps would stop, but not right away. Like we would hear a couple more steps and they'd stop. And we're like, oh. And then we wouldn't hear anything. We'd start walking again. The footsteps would start up again. So, you know, there were noises in the woods. Um, not like wood knocks, like with a big foot, but like breaking branches, like loud. So, you know, these were just impressions you have as a kid. So, you know, I grew up and wasn't until I started researching like the local native american folklore that they talked about yeah there there are little beings that live in the woods and i'm like oh you know everything they describe about that sounds like what we heard right so um but it wasn't until like you know this is only like probably about seven years ago i saw the uh bridgewater triangle and and again we had our own little part of new england we had our plenty of weird stuff i'd never really heard a lot about it um and I watched this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, right? And I have cousins that live sort of in that area. And it was the interview with the guy, his name was Russo, about walking his dog at night and seeing this little kind of <laughs> moth-eaten, hairy thing, you know, and saying in like what sounded like it was imitating a Massachusetts accent, it's like, come here, aren't you, you know, and that just freaked me the hell out. You know, and then, but I started connecting it with all these weird experiences we had. So, so I'm trying to like, you know, and again, for some, for you, it's Bruno, for me, it's Pukwudgie, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, I, I decided to kind of dive back into that. Um, uh, there was a guest on Kill the Mockingbirds, this guy named Phil spelled with two L's. Um, and he's got these, uh, YouTube videos called exploring with Phil where he goes into the Bridgewater triangle and he's got like all these crazy stories. So I, in, in my doc, I, I put some links into that, uh, at least into the show, you can see it and then you can Google them on that. Um, I went out and got uh, Lauren Coleman who kind of coined the term Bridgewater triangle. He has a museum up in Portland, up in Maine. Um, but he wrote a book called monsters of Massachusetts. So there's another, I guess this got a lot of press back in the seventies called the Dover devil. And that's a lot closer to where I grew up than, um, than Bridgewater, but I don't think it's a puck It's just this, it, it has this kind of squash shaped head and, and no hair on it. And it's kind of crawling around on all fours, but it could be, you know, I've, I've heard those called rakes or dang it. There's another word for it. Um, so, so it, again, it doesn't sound like a Pukwudgie, but it's something similar. But it's funny because, you know, when he when Coleman was talking about specifically the Pukwudgie, so I, I swear we read the same source for this, but even though it's a, a Wampanoag name, and the Wampanoags were the tribe that were closest to the pilgrims, so they were in Martha's Vineyard, and they were around Plymouth, they ended up getting relocated to a place called Mashpee on the on Cape Cod. Um, and they have all this folklore about Pukwudgies. Um, but there's also uh, an old English word called puka, 
which means small goblin. So this is the other side of the pond. And and actually Puck from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night Dream, the name Puck comes from that, the old English puka. Um, but in old Irish and Cornish, they don't they they change the P to a B, so it's Buka. And that's where the Scottish, which may, you know, be part of the you know, heritage of Appalachia, that's where they get uh, something called a bogle, which is like a, some type of gnome goblin thing. But it's also where you get boogie, a bogey, boogeyman, booger. So there's at least a linguistic connection to the wood booger and puck wedgies. So for what that's worth, but I always, I put a, awesome. a lot of significance on the names of things from antiquity and how they you know, affect what we do now. So there was another book that was um, kind of related. I, I'm still trying to figure this out. Um, it was on Mysterious Universe called Lost History of the Little People. And this is like, it's almost like they were anti-Nephilim. So instead of being giants that were evil, they were these little short people, even though they were, you know, pale and red hair, but they were more of a civilizing, but almost every culture has these stories of these good little people, not like Pukwudgies. Right. So that, you know, that's interesting. And that, that book is worth a look. I, a lot of what she writes, she gets, a, she plays a little fast and loose with associating the names of things, but um, the archeological stuff she says, I think is pretty solid evidence. So, so, I, you know, again, I, I don't know how this ever gets resolved. I'm, I'm not going back to Massachusetts anytime soon. So <laughs> I think I'm okay. You know, I'm safe, but, um, but I got to say the big thing that I've been thinking about, and I don't even, I don't even know if I'll be able to articulate this right is after finding this podcast and, and binging on that. And then some of the other ones I've, I've gotten into, you know, bump and, um, uh, the other one that really influenced me was that dark hollow documentary, man. Um, but there were, there were points when I was just, you know, again, I was like immersing in this and I started thinking, what is going on here? Right. And, and, you know, a few years ago, I was introduced through this other podcast that was very different. Um, the whole hellier thing, which really freaked me out because again, that's little goblin things running around in caves. Right. But you know, after the second season of that, I'm like, these people are crazy. Whatever they're doing is a really bad idea. So the fact that, and again, I was starting to kind of distance myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't think this is good. I mean, anything that's got thelemists involved in it is, I don't want any part of that. Right. Cause it, it's, it's, it's Crowley's all the way down once you go there. Right. Yeah. So, but but now we've got all of these awesome podcasts, you know, some very connected to Appalachia, but others like more general middle, you know, like uh, Blurry Creatures, they're from Texas. You get the Cryptos of the Corn guys, whether well, they're Ohio, right? Yeah. But you've, it's just like this grassroots movement. You know, there's a faith element to it, um, but sometimes not, right? I, I just have to wonder, 
what is this all about? This can't be a coincidence, right? Well, there's been a lot of times throughout this whole journey. That's all I can call it. That's all I know to call it. This, this journey of podcasting just in general. Mm -hmm. And that, that entails a lot of different things. I mean, it's not just showing up. You're talking to people constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking to people actually not enough because you don't have the time of the day to get back to everybody that is reaching out. And, but, but here's the thing throughout this entire journey. And we've talked about it a whole lot on here. There's been a whole lot of situations that we walk into or find ourselves in that we have no idea how we got there. It just kind of yeah. happened. Yeah. We've made these relationships with certain people. We have relationships with all the people that you just mentioned mm-hmm. out there, except for Nate and Luke, the blurry creatures guys. We haven't had any conversation with those guys, but still they're doing a lot of the same thing that, that we're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said there, that a lot of this is coming from a, a biblical faith-based worldview and standpoint but then a lot of it's not but regardless it's a big tent right we still have this absolutely you still have this all of these different people that are getting all of these stories that are trying to put together all of these different things bringing out all these different points of view giving their opinions and theories on all this different thing and nobody's fighting about it man it's mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it's conversation yeah. like it's not like the internet usually is where yeah we're all just literally trying to figure out and, and, and get answers to these things that are out there we're, we're, we're I, crowdsourcing it is really yeah, what's ab- happening which absolutely. is which is exactly what needs to happen i think but from my standpoint i feel like that I'm not trying to say this in a way that, that that I'm, oh, I'm part of this big. That That's not what I'm saying because we're all part of it. Yeah. But I feel like from my viewpoint, I feel like God is putting people into place to figure this stuff out, to be able to explain and to teach. That way, when certain things down the road start happening, we can say, hey, look, this isn't a reason for your faith to be shaken. This isn't a reason for you to leave the church or to lose your faith or to lose all hope in whatever hope that is that you have there. We can try to explain this. We can yeah. give you a basis as to what's happening here. Now, are we going to probably know 100% what's going No, we're, we're not. But if there's some kind of big diversion going on or if there's something going down we all know it you can feel it you can when something's fishy you can smell it i mean we'll have a we'll have you'll have a a group of people in place that all have platforms that all have people listeners from all walks of life that you can say hey look this is what's going on and Here's the history behind it. Here's the stories behind it. Biblically, here's where you can go to look at this and see that it's been done before. 
that it represented itself in this way at this time. I feel like that's a lot of what it is. I feel like that God is putting a lot of people in places. Do you have any ideas of what, what do you think is maybe coming down the pike? (laughs) Oh gosh. Wow. That's a, I feel like I'm going to splash my ideas. Hit it, Chris. I mean, probably the same thing Justin thinks. I think there's going to be, I mean, this is biblical. I think we're seeing things that are uh, coming to fruition that's biblically sound. And I think we're going to see a huge diversion of a, uh, maybe even a, a, a Christ like figure to come and rescue humanity. I think, you know, we'll have couple more pandemics down the line to get people more afraid. And I know that may not sound kosher to some people, but I think that's, I think every little thing that's big is setting up. I think all of the UFO things are setting us up for something big. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, even if you believe in project blue beam and things like that, just, yep, yep. I think there's going to be a gigantic diversion that's going to make people, uh, test what they believe in and it's going to test people's faith and you're going to have to be uh well grounded in this is just how i believe and i'm sure it's how justin believes as well you're going to be, have to be well grounded in a biblical s- scripture to be able to point out yeah. what is true and what is not so so that's the world's narrative right right i mm-hmm. mean i'm i'm getting a feeling that this is a this is a response to that that is not mm-hmm. of the world's narrative, right? And, and I don't, you know, I, I don't claim to have this vision of what's really going on. Yeah, me either. But, but yeah. so just, sometimes I think sometimes I think the whole universe is just a simulation, you know, um, that you know it's really all about Ryan. <laughs> we're just here, <laughs> you know. He's like he's the story arc. And we're you know, just, we're playing our roles, which is great, you know. And I'm, I'm on board. Lines. I'm with that, right? But yeah. I was when you know. I'm sorry to get back to the the Sam Tripoli thing, but it just hit me that the Ryan I heard on that show is like light years away from the Ryan I heard in the first couple episodes. Am I mm-hmm. wrong? No, you are definitely not wrong. So if he's the one who's evolving. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty steady state, you know, and, you know, if he's the one who's evolving, then he's the hero of the, the, the story arc. But anyways, we'll, we'll bring that up when he's here. Yeah, well, he's we'll been, he's look, here. Ryan's been the favorite from the get go. Okay. He's, he is definitely the, the fan favorite, <laughs> but here's what, here's what I've seen from Ryan, dude. He was dropping bombs in that episode. And oh, my God. He was all, preaching. And he was dropping bombs based on preaching. stuff that when we started this podcast, he didn't have really any stock in. I mean, you know, he he might. And who convinced about, him? Who convinced him of those? Well, I, I don't. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's it's layered. Yeah. I think it's a whole lot of conversation. It's awesome, though. It's so a awesome. whole. Uh, it is. It's 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 fantastic. But right. kind of, well, we should kinda, talk about Ryan when he's not here. But it's all good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he'll hear it. Um, he'll hear it. Yeah, he'll hear it. But kind um, of piggybacking we, on piggybacking really quickly on what Chris was saying, and I'll I'll be really brief with it. I believe that the times of Noah 
were intense. Mm-hmm. I believe that technology was crazy, the stuff that we couldn't even imagine right now, and maybe not even in the same kind of way. I believe that you had all of these chimera, these, these you know, minotaurs and, and satyrs and, and fawns and um, you know, all of these different weird creatures. I believe that you you had giants, obviously. I believe that there were they were seeing the old gods, little G gods, the fallen angels. I believe that there were all of these things going on. I believe that there was no separation really between the physical and the spiritual realm. I believe that it was all just what you read in Lord of the Rings, in Tolkien, what you see on Game of Thrones, what you, I believe that's a lot like what life was like, except with crazy advanced technology. And I mean crazy. I'm talking spacecraft, all of these different things. Maybe, who knows what was there. Hmm. I believe when Jesus says when he returns, it'll be such as the times of no, I believe that's what we are going to see. I believe that ultimately we're going to have these saviors, these extraterrestrials, these whatever they are, and that's what they're going to lead you to believe that, oh, well, we're stopping this nuclear apocalypse from coming along. We're we're doing this. We're doing that. I believe that you're going to see modern day versions of the Nephilim. I believe they're going to return. I believe they'll be visible. I believe that these beings, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, I believe that they're going to present themselves in a way to say, we are gods. We created you. So so nothing else. We're inoculating ourselves from the shock that would lead us to just say, you know, because People are going to get so blown away by this that they're just, okay, whatever you say, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, a, a, a stupid virus got half the world to do anything they were told. So yep. a Nephilim is going to blow that it's away. It's a training ground. <laughs> it, it's yes, a training it, ground. Was a, it was a training exercise. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, one other thing, I, I it's all related to this, but I'll just tell you, when I get hooked, it was one of the, I think the second Granny Witch episode when you started talking about the old gods. And then, and of course, I, I went and found my Manly Wade Wellman, and he's got this book called The Old Gods Awaken. It's about Appalachia, right? Yeah, like, oh, so awesome, dude. But, you know, I, I, you know, from the age of 12, I was reading like H.P. Lovecraft, and it's all about these elder gods that were imprisoned and you know all these crazy people are trying to like break them out and they're going to go crazy and destroy the world and that's pretty much what we're talking about here and that that i just that just blew my mind yeah right and and you haven't backed off from that in fact you developed that whole narrative even more and yeah i'm on board (laughs) it's like you know lovecraft just was you know I guess he was Northern Appalachia if you count the Berkshires, but he, he really should have made a couple of visits down to the holler and he would have been more accurate. Well, and who knows? Maybe he did. I mean, I have a, a really strong opinion that people like Crowley 
were right here next door in the breaks interstate park doing certain things. Uh, he was, he was in the, he was in that park. I think so. Oh, wow. Cause I know he was up in New Hampshire and a couple other places. He was in Loch Ness. He had an aunt. Well, what he did at Loch Ness, I don't know will ever be undone. And that that's, that's nuts. Yeah. I think Jimmy page made a mistake buying that house. Uh, yeah. Out of any <laughs> mistakes that Jimmy Page made in his life, that was probably up close to the top. But I believe Crowley is is interesting. It's regardless of the beast that he was, you know, the wickedest man alive, which I believe was more of a moniker that he took upon himself. I mean, than than anything. I mean, at the end of the day, here this is what I'm going to say about Crowley. At the end of the day, he ended up broke a drug addict and without losing his, he was, he was losing his mind. He was a, a nutcase. Yeah. yeah. But well, well, in the process, well, they yeah, do. They all, I mean, Nietzsche, yep. Jack Parsons. Oh gosh. Jack Parsons is another one. That's just the, yeah, I a mean, protege. And, and, well, with me and someday I can share this, but not today, <laughs> but, Suffice to say, there's been this progression through, let's say, England and the United States of these dark occult currents. And when I get a whiff of it, and for reasons, I, I, I kind of, I, I shared this a little bit with you, Matteo. So, but not, <laughs> not ready to share it publicly, but. It's like, nah, you know, yeah. but, but whenever I hear anything having to do with Crowley, I, it's just like, okay, I know what I'm dealing with now, but to your point, did it do him any good? No, it didn't. But what did he do along the way? He destroyed well, himself. He destroyed himself. Um, who just had the podcast? I want to say, was it Sam? Was it Sam Tripoli or someone else? Uh, no. Dang it. It, it, it was Blurry Creatures, I think. I, I could be wrong. They had this story about this guy who was a minister who was involved with the death duel with Anton LaVey. Dude, that was, Have you that heard that one? Wild. Yes. That was, oh, my God. Oh, my. That just. That was wild. So, yeah. Yeah. That so that's wild. the kind of thing that it's like I see it and I just take the long way around it. So enough said about Did, that. Did anyone read the Did anyone read the book the uh, the Secret Slaughter of the Euphonauts that they talk about all the time in Hellier? I've been tempted, but I, I'm I'm I don't know. Let me tell you, I got that I, I got that book because the, and, and plus my second question is really quick. When you watched Hellier, did you feel like I mean my life when I was watching that went totally strange. I mean I had a list somewhere and and. Then I made a list of all the weird things that happened to me while I was just watching that documentary. And I got that book and I read it and it's mind blowing. And I wasn't a Christian. I, I wasn't a Christian at the time when I bought that book and read it. But when did it you buy like, it before Hellier or after? I bought it during. So I was reading okay. it as I was watching it. And when I got to like the King Solomon parts and all that, um, it's just, and it talks about Crowley and, and, um, it's terrifying. And the 
you know, I, I think God works in mysterious ways and God had been working on me a while anyway. But that book is one of the things that made me go, this is terrifying. There's so much evil in the world. And that's what lit another spark in my mind to uh, to start my journey towards being saved and everything. Because, yeah, like you said, <laughs> you know, when you hear of anything like that, you're just like, oh, I can't because it's to read those things that are in that book is so real because it's just, it's, and every time I even pass a Masonic lodge, I'm thinking what's going on in there, what's going on in there. And I feel like, and I'm not, and I, and I'm sure the people that do Hillier and I've actually talked to Tyler strand on some of his uh, live feeds on Instagram because you know, that whole incident with Brown mountain lights, which I'm obsessed with because that's near where my family's from. I mean, I, I can't help but to think they've even shifted, you know, to to how they are because I feel like they're just going so far deep into stuff that it's scary for me to watch them do that. Does it make yeah, sense? Yeah, they're playing with fire, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm well, not talking trash about them because you know I've never met them, and I'm they seem like whatever, nice but, people, but yeah, but it's, it's scary like, to watch. Please, yeah, please don't do that. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you came to the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> all right, well, that's all I got. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I have, I have my own thoughts on Hellier that I'll, I'll save for another day. Just give us one. Um, you know I you believe, want. <laughs> I believe that it was a. <clears throat> how do I not over? I believe that it was a giant ritual that was extremely successful. And a psyop. If you think about how the whole thing started, yeah. it was a psyop. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was. <laughs> Chris agrees with me there. <laughs> it was successful. I'll just say that it was successful yeah. in well, what yeah. it was meant to do. Yeah. But, but, but again, I will say this. It started a chain of events that is pushing back against it. Even, even with intrigue, because look, I was just as intrigued and into Hellier as, as the next person. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, obviously, Whenever I pull up my life 360 to see where my kids are throughout the day, guess what is close enough to pop up on my map? Hellier. Whoa. So, yeah. I mean, it's literally when I talk about where we live, I live in the town of Hayside. In between me and Hellier is the Breaks Interstate Park. That's it. It's the only gap. And it's weird there. We're, we're talking all weird. But, it started a, a chain of events that I feel like, even though it was an extremely successful ritual, I believe it started something not pushing back against them. Because again, not like y'all, I believe their their intentions. I, I think that they mean well. You know, they're they're trying to make good content and trying to do all this and that, but. Again, they're they're playing with fire. They're 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 playing with things that nobody 
knows a lot about. So I don't know. It's and you mentioned one before we move on, and I promise this is the last thing, Poppy. You mentioned Dark Holler. You know, obviously we interviewed Ward way back when. Great show. Um, we were still just trying to get our feet wet then when we interviewed him. We came to become really good friends with Josh, the pastor in, in Dark Holler and Richie. Um, right now, man, I can't I can't share too much of this. I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. There are things coming down the pike that we are involved with with those guys that's going to build on Dark Holler in a big, big way. Sweet. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be, man. And it's going to tie in so many things. The path that they've been on, the path that we've been on. It's like just, again, people are being put into place Mm. in these areas. And then, Throughout the country, I don't know. I can't, I can't. I don't know how much I'm allowed to share on the matter. Okay, that's good for now. But man, I'm, there's I'm stuff. Just shadow Appalachian is all I'll say. Man, it's gonna be. <laughs> and again, I have no clue how I'm involved in. I have no idea how I fell into it, but. Here I am, and it's going to get weird, and it's going to get intense. Anyway, all right, that was – all right, moving on. Matty-o Daddy, our Matty-o. resident professor. Hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me back up. Let me back up again. <clears throat> Next, in Hollywood Squares, we have host of the Counter Cult Podcast. Daddy O Daddy. Thanks. How are you doing tonight, man? You doing all right? Good, buddy. I'm this has been a I'm having a blast. This has been great. This is yeah, this has been awesome. Uh so it's kind of interesting. We keep talking about like uh apocalyptic topics, kind of a, a revealing, if you will, or an oncoming revealing, if you will. And the topic that I kind of prepared to tease a little bit this evening happened during an alleged apocalypse, right? An unveiling. Um, I've been digging pretty deep into Jewish Kabbalah. And uh, I was going to touch a little bit on Lorianic Kabbalah, which is kind of the root of all modern Kabbalah practice. Um, and really kind of shaped Jewish uh, theology uh, in modernity, especially for Orthodox Jews, from my understanding. <clears throat> if that if that's interesting for you, you know, that's that's yeah, that's the stuff. I'm hooked. <laughs> uh, so did you uh, see my did you see my gematria of the um? The number of I did the tinfoil. 
Yeah, so most definitely. I can't remember the name of it now, of course, but it was the flame, the eternal flame on the altar of the temple. So I don't I know. That I, was I, pretty I interesting. Gematria, but maybe maybe you can elucidate, Rebbe. I really haven't gotten that far into it, and I'm going to go ahead and apologize for any of the Hebrew words that I attempt to say here. I've been working on it with a little Duolingo and uh, <laughs> some of uh, some of the rabbis on uh, on the YouTube there, but it's it's a long road there. Um, but uh, so there was a decree at one point called the Alhambra decree. And essentially, that was when Spain said, hey, sorry, you got to go. And so a lot of the Jewish peoples were under the impression that this was the end times. Um, And with that, they kind of started more outwardly practicing Kabbalah and trying to get more people into practice of Kabbalah because essentially the practice of Kabbalah aside Torah is how you fix the the imperfections in the world um, and so they started very outwardly practicing this and more openly giving out those secrets and right around that same time you have uh, Isaac Luria and he was he was a pretty big deal um with him you ended up uh adopting more philosophical concepts with it so think agrippa um more hermetic and christian stuff gets to gets to being brought into kabbalah around this time and even some of uh, cordovo's earlier stuff is going to begin to really exceed in practice here um core concepts are the simsum so (laughs) in this concept you've got this contraction in nothingness or no thingness where the divine contracts before he expands or it expands and lets divine light down through the sephirotes and to the unfolding of reality. Um, <laughs> kind of an interesting concept there. Um, when you get through into that, you end up with, with uh, the Seder Hishtalshalut, um, which is the evolution of the world through those Sephirot into the metaphysical and physical forms of reality and the ontological development of both God and reality. Um, questions so far? No, it's, it's deep stuff. And, and conceptually, you, you got to kind of soak in this. <clears throat> Most definitely. It's, it's, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and state all this right now. This is secondhand education through lecture because almost all of these Kabbalistic texts are not in English. 
And some of them aren't even in like a modern dialect of Hebrew. And there's a few reasons for that. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, I got a question. Going yeah. back, going back to um, when we had our our buddy Eric from Uncomfortable on the show. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, um, man. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm following. I'm following. I just want to be all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are those are kind of the the core concepts that he brings into Kabbalah with him. Now. The, the interesting part of this is that, um, you know, with the Shevara, as the light of God pours out, you get reality. Well, the, the Sephiroth, and I've got a diagram here. If you're unfamiliar with the Sephiroth, I don't know how well it'll show up. This is what you see most frequently, and that is the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, which is only how they would be in the end times if the messiah was coming to battle and it was the end times that's perfect balance and that's when you would see those like that normally they're just kind of off like from my understanding and then just kind of bouncing around like atoms um with this you also get the left-hand emanation which is what i thought you might find interesting in particular because this is where you get into the Sephiroth of Lilith and Semael, um, which is a very interesting concept in itself because you've got essentially the way it is described is aborted worlds that are destroyed as the Sephiroth unfolds and reality begins to take shape. And from those um, aborted worlds is where you get your more demonic aspects of the world that we currently reside in, which is part of why you have to, you know, practice, follow Jewish law and help to kind of defeat these emanations or lead to the defeat of these emanations. That way you can, you know, heal the world and travel back up the Sephiroth to the Godhead. Dude, you think about, you think about ancient peoples, right? And we have this, we have the, this just collective thought about how, I mean, they were just these superstitious, blundering, bumbling idiots that they just, oh, well, we can only describe things that we've seen and we can. What you're talking about right now is so just gigantic as far as, as on a scale of, of thought, of philosophy of I mean what you're describing right now is something that we would sit here and say oh we're, we're talking about multiple realities multiple universes yes but you're explaining it in a, in a way that these ancient people I don't I don't even know I, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm trying to say right now 
Yeah, it's really interesting. And now, mind you, this, this is all somewhere, you know, 1200s, 1300s, 1400s into the 15 and 16. So, like, you really, Kabbalah as Kabbalah doesn't really start until like the 1200s. Right. And yeah. Before but that, what you've got Hekelot and Merkava that come before that, and they were just as complex. They they knew what they were talking about to some degree. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I know this is obviously the, the torch is being carried by, you know, yeah. generations on down the line. Of course, you know, that's that's what we're doing right now. But this thought process, this this belief, this this comes from way back, way before, you know, just like you explained. Way before. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's again, we have this collective thought about how these people were just so backwards and they weren't as advanced in, in their way. Of, but what you're talking about is so profound on a philosophical level. I mean, it's hard to wrap your mind around. Most definitely. And so just to give you an idea, you can ask Outlaw. I've been in this for many weeks, many weeks, I've got hours of just Kabbalah lectures, you know, trying to find what I could find that I can actually get my hands on or get a PDF of to read. And it's extensive. And like I said, a lot of it isn't even translated. And of course, it's massive. You'll have 13 volumes in one commentary. And it's it, it definitely requires a lot of resources. And I, part of that, I think, is because you keep having, at least in those in that era, you had many rabbis believe or come to believe, or the the community came to believe that this person was the Messiah, and they end up to not be the Messiah. And so you keep having these massive letdowns. So if we take all this out, then we won't have people end up thinking they're the Messiah or other people thinking that this rabbi or that rabbi is now the Messiah. Um, another point that I really thought was interesting is that the, uh, the main three on the, the, uh, tree of life there is, is a big deal. The third one is Bina, which is associated with, uh, repentance. And that's in the distortion of that in that sephira is where you get the initial kind of breakdown into that left-hand side because it's all from the left hand because each one is meant to check the others. So those out of balance is part of what causes that. And I think it's interesting that that sephira is, um, you know, associated with repentance because what are you have to have something to pay penance for. You have to have done something to require repentance. And from there is where this kind of evil evolved from. So this kind of aspect of sin have to have first happened here for this trickle effect to have happened. Hmm. And of course you have Lilith. Um, it touches some briefly <laughs> on uh the, the Treaty of Left-Hand Emanation touches briefly on, on Lilith. There are, you may um, 
be disappointed to find out many Liliths. Um, <laughs> the, there's the greater Lilith who is wedded to Samael. And then there's a lesser Lilith that's mentioned that is married to Asmodeus. Um, interesting tidbit there is that it is said that Lilith the Lesser and Asmodeus's children, um, half of them will struggle against the Jews for eternity, and half of them will become the sword of the Messiah, which is used by the Messiah to fight evil, um, which I thought that was also kind of a, an interesting tidbit, almost as if it was foreshadowing a, uh, a turn of heart by maybe some sort of Elim or or spirit or Nephilim or Raphaim or whatever whatever floats your goat, fill in that blank. Wow. Well yeah, man, I think that that's I'm actually not disappointed to find out many <laughs> because that's a thought process that I've just based on folklore and uh, history, ancient history. That's a, a path that I've already kind of gone down. You, you look at a lot of folklore and they talk about how there were, it was like a bloodline. It wasn't just like a, Right. One one entity. It was a bloodline of these Lilith Lilithu creatures. You know, they that you had this hierarchy system set up. But getting to the whole repentance thing, I think that again that it's extremely profound and it shows more than anything. Well, first, you know, this whole thought process kind of you, know, you can see it's just more evidence behind as to why the Jews, why the Israelites would have, have rejected Jesus in the way that they did, number one. Yes. But also, again, it establishes the solid evidence of the forgiveness and kindness and patience of God. Right. Because even with the giant tribes, you know, it says somewhere in scripture, and, and I would have to do a little digging, but it says somewhere in scripture, you know, in the Old Testament, in the, the, the Torah, that God gave these tribes something like 420 years to, to repent. You know, he sent messengers to deliver the, the words of endearment and, and the, the, the message of repentance to these people. And they probably ate them. I mean, <laughs> that's probably what happened. So even with these tribes, before God told Joshua and Caleb and all these people, all right, look, go in and don't leave anything alive. It's it's all corrupted. Before that ever happened, God gave them the ultimatum. You know, He said, "Look, I'm going to give you hundreds of years here to repent." You know, you're you're not your father's child, but they were their father's children. So, again, it just it kind of everything that you're explaining right now. Mm. We can still. You can still kind of tie it in to, to where it it really stands and sits. From a, a modern 
and, and maybe I'm not going to say a Western because <laughs> I don't have a very Western biblical viewpoint, but a modern biblical viewpoint and, and worldview. I mean, you can see, you can see the basis of a lot of what's going on here and you can make ties to scripture. I mean, that's, Gosh, it's just oh yeah, for so sure. Profound. Yeah, they were they were digging deep, and I think that obviously I find any practice of any form of Kabbalah to be kind of almost impossible, because I feel like if you're going to practice something, you should start at least looking into its earliest iteration. And here you can't, um, wow. which is for many reasons. You know, I'm sure part of that could be argued that there is a cabal um, that's hiding some of that information. Mm. But I also think a lot of it probably came from societal concerns around the time where they were like, hey, every third rabbi thinks they're the Messiah. We got to cut this shit out, guys. You know, like, I think that probably played a big role in it. Um, And also just the amount of manpower it would take the Zohar on its own is if you get all the commentaries, five massive volumes, you know, when you're talking about some of this stuff that's in age old dialects and it would take somebody with a knowledge of four languages to be able to translate. And then it would be a lifelong project. So there's that to take into consideration with that as well. Um, but I find that it is interesting because just the, just the Sephiroth and the, how there's uh, a system here of, you know, whatever you want to call it, if it's Yahweh, if it's a monad, if it's the universe, if it's whatever it is, there's an opening here at the top of this where that light shines down through a series of checks and balances to make sure that you are at least in some way checked and balanced yourself. As a, as a meditative concept, I think it works very well, no matter what your beliefs are, if you are working on being, you know, the embodiment of love, but also the embodiment of justice or the embodiment of righteousness, you're going to be checked. You're going to be balanced and you're going to live a balanced and pretty decent life. I imagine. Yeah, that's. Cool. Oh man. That. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Again, I don't guess I don't get speechless very often, but I mean, it's just so profound. That's the only word that I can, that I yeah. keep coming back to that. I mean, it makes me think, it, well, this is a whole nother episode too. I can't get into all that, but okay. So, so in my, in my studies, I have a a strong belief. I don't even know how to put this. Okay. In my studies, I have a strong belief that the earth was here around and occupied before Adam and Eve. And before the sun and the moon and the stars. And the way that you're just talking about that with the Godhead being here, being in this opening and this light 
shining down and trickling down to, to everything. That's what I get a picture of. I get a picture of before the sun and the moon and the stars, before everything was placed in and above the firmament and not firmament in that way, flat earthers, but firmament, when you go back to the Hebrew, <laughs> means a great vast expanse. Before that was placed there to light the way for us, for what we know. And I can't back this up anywhere, but I have this visual of what lit up the world then, the earth then, the earth that was created, I believe, for God and the angels. And again, this is a whole other episode. This is a few episodes. But was the light of God. It was his light that shined down. It was his glory that illuminated all that there was. Yeah. And that's interesting because the concepts that they use here. So when you're talking about it, there's, there's, let me see if I get this right. There's, Ain Sof and there's Ein Sof. Ain Sof is no thingness, not nothingness, but no thingness. It's this great unfathomable no thingness. You can't, there's, there's a, the way they kind of get around it is you can't say, well, God is the wisest. You kind of have to say there's none wiser than God. There, you know, that's, it's that kind of thing. And then you have the Ein Sof, which is that divine eminence, that light that comes down. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have my notes right in front of me. I may have those two a little confused. And that's kind of, you know, the that whole concept of Simsum. There was no thing until thing decided to contract and create this void, this space for itself to break out and fill and become the emanations and unfold through the Sephiroth into, into being. So it's kind of exactly what you have going on in your head there. And, you know, that whole concept is also kind of, kind of bounced back and forth in like uh, the Rig Veda as well. Their creation story starts with a void and then, a, a birth involving a great deal of light. Um, you know, that's, it's bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. Void. You know, that's phrase without form and void is only used in the Bible three times. The other two times it's used in a way to show God's judgment, the wrath of God. Yeah, if you were to look at that in the Septuagint version of the Old Testament, it actually clarifies that a lot more than uh, most other translations of what that void was, or, you know, just throwing that out there. But Yep. It was one, I think, was referring to Zion, which was a judgment on you know, Israel, one of the many. And another one was referring to the nation of Edom, you know, which came from 
Esau and that line and, and God's judgment and wrath upon them. But why? here's the basis of a lot of my what could be many, many, many episodes, and it will have Lance <laughs> extremely upset. <laughs> why start within a state of vengeance and wrath and judgment upon a creation? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. God's spirit hovered above the waters. Maybe he flooded it before. I think well, so. I think that's totally possible because it's kind of weird that he explicitly is like, hey, I'm not going to flood the earth again. Get it to fucking gather, you know? He again. explicitly is like, I'm not going to do it again. So that kind of leads you to believe like, hey, I've already done this like four times. Get it together. Figure it out, would you? You know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of scripture out there that that I could go to. And man, that's why I say this could be many, many, many episodes <laughs> based on, you know, the whole like good buddy of, of ours, Joel Thomas, you know, kill the mockingbirds, Van Tesla. He has this, you know, whole old earth theory and, and a lot of stuff that he's went down. And there's some things that, you know, I go along with and some things I'm not so sure, but, you know, just like any theory, I mean, you have to, to try to, to base on, but a lot of, a lot of what I've been digging into, especially recently, it's, I mean, makes a whole lot of sense to me anyway, man, I could be totally wrong about all of it, but I mean, whenever I, I, my personal belief is, is in that Bible, that book that's meant for us, that, that book that's meant to show the history of God's people and, and that lineage from the beginning to Christ. And then afterwards, I believe in the beginning means our beginning, not God's beginning, not the angels beginning, because we know they were there celebrating when he created it, when he set the cornerstone, when he stretched out the line to create they were they were there. They were celebrating. They were cheering. And when he's laying a cornerstone, when he's drawing out the lines to create the earth, what it says there in, in scripture, that's telling me it's hands on. It's I'm hands on doing these things. So when the angels are there celebrating with him, it would have been hands on, right? If they're there with him, I, I don't. There's a lot. There's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. We could go for another six hours if I start getting into all that. <laughs> so I say all that, and I'm my my brain is going crazy right now just to say, Maddie, that all that is extremely profound, extremely. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a whole dive and uh just to just to throw it out there just cite my source here um my lectures that i've been watching are from a guy he's his name is dr justin sledge uh he has a youtube channel called esoterica and he talks about all sorts of 
uh, esoteric, occult, alchemical Kabbalah stuff. Um, and he has he has the degrees to do that. Um, so I, when I get around to it, I'm going to type up all of my notes and put my sources in my notes. And I'll share those notes just in the Discord somewhere with the community. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. I think he froze again. Oh, oh my God. Go. Just for oh. a second. I thought, well, we're really, we're really going to wrap this up. But I think we're, uh, we're about at that time. We can go ahead and start wrapping this thing up. Guys, this has been, I mean, I miss my boys and I miss some of the folks that some of our brothers and sisters that weren't able to make it tonight. But man, this has been, this has been a good one. Like I, my my brain has really been stretched throughout in this one, and the bad thing is, is there's so many things. I'm mean, I've done a lot of talking, way more than what I should have. But there's a lot of things that I just left on the table that I really wanted to say and thought, you know what? For time constraints, I'm not going to say that. But that's the conversations that I love. You know, I love being able to. Well, number one, I love being able just to hang out with y'all and, and to pick your brains and to see what you're diving into and looking into and to hear your experiences and and just to have this this fellowship. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's fellowship. It's us coming together and and sharing life and living life together. I mean, that's that's what we're doing. I love I love what we're able to do here. It's an awesome time. It's great. So before we jump off here, before we kick this thing any final thoughts i want to solve the like you have my sword and you have my axe for the fellowship no (laughs) i'll take it i'll take it all right well if there are no are y'all hearing me right now yep Yep. Yep. My junk started going crazy again. I don't know. This, I don't know. Junk. That wasn't my internet, though. That was, that was hardware. I don't know. Anyway, if nothing else, we'll close this thing out. I appreciate each and every single one of you being here. Again, I'll say it every time. Obviously, I appreciate your support. There's a lot of things that we wouldn't be able to do without your all support. And I, we, we, Really, really appreciate you for that. But more than anything, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you hanging out. We appreciate your input on all this different stuff. I mean, we appreciate you just being part of the tribe. That's that's what we set out to do and, and building this community. And, man, it's a, it's a fun time. It's, it's great. So we appreciate you all the way around. Heal Folk, you know where you can find us. You can check us out on all of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, YouTube, all those places. Send us your stories at Appalachian Intelligence at gmail.com. If you're interested in coming on here and hanging out for some of these powwows with us, putting your two cents into the into the the proverbial jar so we can shake it around and dump it and see what comes out, then go over and check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com. Whoa, I about messed that up completely. Patreon.com slash Appalachian underscore intelligence. Uh, there's three different tiers on there. You can see what uh, tickles your fancy and 
if you feel led to go over there and support us, you can do that. We also have a support show link. Uh, if you just want to make a one-time donation to help us in all of our grand ventures, you can also do that. It's all greatly appreciated. Um, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps out tremendously. Uh, usually we re- we read those at the top of the show. We didn't on this one because with a a large roundtable discussion, you got to have all the time you can get. So we leave that out sometimes for for these conversations. Um, Fordian Airwaves Ultimate Podcasting Conference, Ada, Ohio, October the sixth, seventh, and eighth. Come hang out with us. Get weird. Have a good time. Eat some pancakes. That's all I'm going to say. Get your tickets. 50 bucks. The it'll be the link tree will be in the show notes. Be sure to share the show. That's that's the only real way that this show grows. Share it with in conversation. Even if you're listening right now and you're like, man, this is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. This was a miserable waste of my time then find all your enemies, you know, frenemies maybe in your contacts and send them the link to this show just so they can operate and have a couple hours of their day totally and completely wasted. I don't care how you share it. Just share it. But I think that's all we got. We'll close this thing down again. Thank y'all so much. Oh yeah. Again, really quick t-shirts pre-order. We'll start when you hear this. So when you hear this, you can go to our socials. You can see if you like the shirt. If you do, there'll be a, a Venmo link. Click that. Leave your notes, um, name, address, size. Pre-orders there. It's open. It's available. So take advantage of it. Get some cool AI swag. I hate that. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to edit that part out. Get some cool AI products just so you can Again, it's a great way to share the show, but we'll just think of these as like our tribal uniforms. This is what we'll look at it as when we all come together. We'll just look like one big gang. That's what I'm all about. (laughs) But again, thank y'all so much. Thank you, Hill Folk, for tuning tuning in for another week. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Thank you.